everyone, and welcome to the Couch Potato Coach Podcast. This is Coach Megan here on episode 18, and this will be my last episode of 2022, which sounds way more dramatic than it actually is because there's only three days left in 2022. It has been one heck of a year so far. Spotify provided me with a summary of my podcast, and it grew 400% from 2021 to 2022. So thank you all for tuning in and helping make it a success. I have some really exciting things coming up for 2023. So I hope you will continue to join me. Today, I have a special invitation for you. I invite you to join me in checking New Year's resolutions out the door for good. That's right. I'm advocating for throwing out that practice altogether. You know what I think we should do? I think we should slow the fuck down. Seriously. Let's enjoy what's left of the holiday season doing the things that bring you joy and not worry about creating a list of stuff you know you're not going to think about again until December 28th of 2023. Today is all about slowing down and reflecting. So let's talk about ditching New Year's Eve resolutions for good and using a completely different process that actually makes sense and works. I think it's essential to slow down at this time of year. Why are you guys trying to craft a goal or a vision for the entire year ahead after the insane pace of the holiday season or in the middle of it? We still have New Year's Eve. I like to think of prepping for the holidays as an additional part-time job. I'm spending a lot of my time on nights and weekends and everything in between, finding the perfect gifts, wrapping the perfect gifts, researching how to plan and execute the perfect holiday meals. I'm traveling all over the place to make sure I visit with all of my friends and family. And it's just an exhausting time of year. And if you're trying to cram in writing your goals for 2023 in between sips of champagne at the holiday mixer, I'd like to offer you an alternative. Let's change the deadline. I used to wake up early on Christmas Eve to figure out and write about all of my goals for the coming year before that dreaded January 1st deadline, and my mind was clouded with all the details about all the gifts and the food and the outfit changes that were going to need to be packed up in the car later that day. It wasn't working for me, so I changed the deadline. I wanted more time to enjoy my holiday and less time stressing myself out over coming up with the exact right goals that were going to magically change everything in my life that was wrong and put me on the path to my perfect, perfect life. What I ended up with were resolutions that sounded really good and looked good on paper and were completely unrealistic for me. So what I decided to do was offer myself the entire month of January for data collection and reflection. That's right. The entire month of January, I do a bunch of reflecting and I gather all the data and I use the extra time and information to make goals that don't just sound good on paper, but help me stay on track towards being the person I want to be for an entire year. So my deadline is February 1st, and I'm inviting you all to join me. I mean, if you think about it, what is January good for anyway? It's winter. It's super dark. The weather is bad. You can't travel. So I actually find that using January to reflect on the past year is cathartic and inspiring because I get to think about all the things I can accomplish with the blank slate of a new year. What exactly am I doing? I'm going to share with you what I do purely as a helpful example 
you can do the same things I do or you can tweak it and make it something that serves you. I know not everyone has the same goals as I do and it'll be more effective if you find a way to do this that brings you joy, peace, clarity, um, and that may not look exactly like what I do. Or maybe it does. I don't know. I'll drop a question. You could tell me if you followed my plan or if you made your own. And I would actually, I'd love to hear what other people are doing. So the first thing I do is I start by cutting out all my vices and I prioritize my sleep and exercise. So I want a clear head as I'm going through this process. So for me, that means cutting out the things I know will result in lethargy or brain fog, anything that's just not going to be my best self. So I enforce a bedtime on myself as well as getting up early, usually around 5 a.m. I need to do that because I have two young kids who can occupy all of my time and energy starting as early as 6 a.m. until about 8 p.m. when they go to bed. So getting up early allows me the extra time and space that I need as I work through this inventory of my life. During the holidays from about Thanksgiving to Christmas, I tend to eat way more sugar, dairy, junk foods. So I focus on creating healthy meal plans and sticking to those. Uh, I make sure I'm taking my vitamins regularly. I take a multivitamin, a vitamin B, and turmeric every day. And then I declutter, clean, and organize my house, my office space, and my car. I'm putting away Christmas decorations at this time of year anyway, so it, it feels natural for me to just declutter and clean as I go. Then one of my more challenging exercises is that I remain sober for the entire month, and sometimes I stretch this into six or 12 weeks. And I know, I know, I may not be popular in this opinion, um, I view alcohol as substance that produces an altered state. I want to experience myself as I am. And I use wine sort of like as a way to calm me down and produce a happy feeling, de-stress. I want to know that I have the ability to produce those states within myself without relying on a substance. And if I'm not careful, it's very easy for me to depend on alcohol a little bit too much. It's just seductive for me. And for that reason, I knew I needed to build in a system, a way to minimize its impacts. The whole point of cutting it out is to notice the effects that it has on me. And for me personally, alcohol produces inflammation in my body. I tend to be more bloated when I'm drinking and carry more weight. It's harder for me to bounce out of bed in the morning after even just one glass the night before. And I can rely on it as a way to cope in stressful situations rather than building up my inner resiliency. I wouldn't know any of these things if I didn't take the time to cut it out completely and notice what happened. That's why I have the system in place. And for me, doing it this way has been extremely effective. You can decide if it's something that might be helpful for you or not. While I'm going around producing these changes to my physical state and my physical space, I'm also going to be reviewing how I spent most of my time in the previous year. I have a spreadsheet that I use that helps me plan out my weeks, and it's broken down by every hour. Oh, every half hour, actually. This is a great place for me to review what activities I was doing, and then I list the activities about how much time I spent doing all of them. And I think about how much energy and joy those activities brought into my life, and I look at whether they produced the results that I wanted them to, and I put them in order from activities and things I did that brought me the most joy and produced the most results down to the things that were super draining and I had to force myself to do. Next thing I do is I review where I spent all my money. I don't know about you guys, but I track every single penny that I spend. 
I can tell you exactly how much I will have in my checking account in June of 2024 right now. I like to have a clear picture of what's going on in my finances and having a clear understanding of how much I bring in and how much I spend shows me what I have the freedom to do or not do. And it's also, I find, a telltale sign of what's important to you. You may tell yourself that getting in shape is a top priority for you in life, but if you spend 2% of your income on a gym membership and 17% of your income on fast food, your money is showing you where the gap is between knowing and doing. So get super clear on exactly where you spent your money in the past year. And if you don't know this information, that is a problem. And I'll be discussing it in greater detail at a podcast in 2023. For now, all I will say is that our society is structured around money. Money is power and freedom, and you can't make clear choices without having all the information. Lastly, I look at who I spent my time with, and I ask myself if any of the relationships in my life are in need of a change. I've spent a lot of time talking about evaluating relationships in my other podcasts, so I'm not going to elaborate on that here. You can go back and listen to my podcast on toxic relationships if you're interested on more information on that. Now, this may come as a shock to you, but our perception of ourselves is not always reliable. Sometimes we think too highly of ourselves. Anyone else out there continually making exercise plans that are 10 steps ahead of what their body can actually do, or is that just me? Sometimes we think too poorly of ourselves. It's worth putting in some time to evaluate if the things you think about yourself are aligning with the picture the data is painting. My goal is always to bring all of my automatic and subconscious behaviors into the light. Generally, if we're doing something automatically, we aren't paying attention or noticing that we're doing it. So how do you how do you even figure out what you're doing? I use a particular tool for this called reflective journaling, and it is exactly what it sounds like. You journal using reflection as your prompt. And if you're interested about what science is saying about reflection, then you are in the right podcast. You know me. I love my science. According to an article I recently read in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health called... Using the reflective journal to improve practical skills, integrating effective and self-critical aspects of impoverished international environments, a pilot test. Seriously, who comes up with these names? I'm sure there's a reason that they're as long as they are. But anyway, I will link the article, the authors, right on my website. You can go to the podcast tab on couchpotatocoachllc.com in case you're interested in reading this article. This is a tool that can help you see what are you doing automatically? What, what habits are going unnoticed by you? And they even go on to say in the article that it's an instrument of meaningful learning and the acquisition of professional skills, integrating effective and self-critical aspects. You guys, it's an incredibly useful tool. And honestly, I wish we would be learning how to make it a regular part of our lives when we're in grade school as kids. I think it would be really helpful if from a young age, we had learned to just integrate reflective practices into our lives. Since I never learned this before, (laughs) January is sort of the month that I dedicated to reflection. I also use reflection in my life every week. I created a quiz on Google Docs and I complete it once a week. It's full of questions that are specific to whatever area in my life I'm focused on improving. These past few months, I've been working on building up my self-compassion. So that's what my questions were focusing on. 
I asked myself things like how I contributed that week to building up my self-compassion, what behaviors I did that specifically contributed to my learning, what were the things I did that detracted from building up my self-compassion, what specifically did I do that tore it down. And then I rated how I was feeling in my body, my head, and in general. You get metrics when you do stuff like this. And it truly, it focuses my attention on what it is exactly that I'm doing or not doing that is getting me closer to my goal. And I have found this massively helpful. I am constantly surprised at what took place in a week. And when I first began doing this, I had this overall feeling that I was barely doing enough work. I wasn't really growing and I was sort of half-assing it. What I found was I was way more dedicated than my feelings gave me credit for. And I was making far more progress than my feelings encompassed. When you've thought of yourself for one way for so long, it can be a little difficult to change that perception. And then there were weeks that I did half-ass it. And that was helpful for me to see too. I could pinpoint why and use that information to make much more informed decisions in the future. And I got to know myself on a level that was much more accurate. My feelings may have been stuck in the past, but this practice helped my feelings catch up to this new version of myself. It was incredibly helpful to my progress and crucial for me personally because I tend to get bored and give up on practices if they don't yield immediate results. It can feel like I'm over here doing all this internal work and nothing looks different on the outside, so what's the point? I know myself well enough to understand that I'm wired right now to find pleasure in that reward and not so much in the process. This is not an excuse for poor behavior. This is simply an acknowledgement of where I am right now. It doesn't mean I've accepted it either. I have enough insight to realize that this isn't the ideal way for my mind to work, I know that I should be able to take pleasure in the process. It's my hope one day in the future I'll be able to report that my wiring has changed and I do get more out of the process than out of the accolade at the end. I understand enough about neuroplasticity to know that I can rewire my brain. This is something that's possible. However, I also know it takes time to do this. And in the meantime, I need to have something in place to keep me going when I run into the familiar feelings of boredom, discouragement, disappointment that I'm not getting results fast enough, which is why I implemented a system to keep me going when discouragement and frustration started to appear. The system is reflective journaling. It's a way for me to notice and celebrate the small little victories along the way. And it's a way to make sure that my feelings are accurate and that they catch up to where I actually am in the process. So simply put, I use the tool of reflection as a way to keep me on track towards my goals. And in the greater picture, in January, I use the reflective journaling as a way to keep me living a life that I'm proud of and that inspires me. I hope this was enough to convince you to give your own reflection practice a try. You can use the layout from the research article that I mentioned earlier, um, and I will link the article on my website. I think I already said that. So I'm going to list out a slight adaptation from the questions that they used in the article. And this is by no means something you have to use. You can make up your own reflection practice entirely. This is simply I'm offering something as a starting place if you don't want to make up your own or if you really have no clue where to start. Step one, think freely and write about where you are in your life, including feelings and emotions. What thoughts come up for you? 
What is the message behind these thoughts and emotions? Step two, analyze some key situations within the past year that impacted where you are today. Maybe you changed jobs or got married or went to college or had a baby or lost a loved one. Analyze what you learned from these big events and what changes you've walked away with or want to walk away with. Step three, become a private detective in your own life and seek out where you spent your time, your money, and who you spent your time with in the past year. And step four, this is optional, but I highly recommend it if you have someone to do it with you. Discuss your findings with an accountability partner. We learn so much when we're able to share with others Find someone you trust who is done with New Year's resolutions and offer them up this new fun thing to try and commit to sharing your reflections with each other once a week. I would recommend using the majority of the month of January to do this. Then at the end of the month, when it's getting close to February 1st, you can use this information to set your intention for 2023. I don't write out my goals right away. I just set an intention for who I want to be. I check all the data that I've collected against my core values. My core values are I am curious, I am creative, and I am compassionate. And I use the information I've gathered along with my core values to sort of set the intention for who I want to be in 2023. I haven't done that work yet, so I can't share with you what my intention will be. But I can tell you that last year in 2022, My intention was just to be more reliable, to do what I said I would do, to have more integrity with my word. And so throughout the year, I just really tried to make decisions to encompass that. I do have goals. I have one-year goals, five-year goals, 15-year goals, life goals. My practice for the new year doesn't involve a revision of my granular goals. I don't look at that at the beginning of the year. I have a different practice that I use for those in the summer. I'd be happy to share more about that with you guys when the time comes. But for now, this is really all that I do for the new year. I just set an intention of how I want to experience myself being a little bit more. It really is as simple as that, coming up with an intention for who you want to be in the coming year. Uh, I hope sharing my practice with you was helpful. If nothing else, it gave you the ammo that you need to throw out New Year's resolutions for good. I don't think that they help anyone. I don't love the practice. Um, So hopefully I can convince more people that we just need to get rid of them entirely. But if nothing else, I hope that you're able to relax and enjoy the holiday season. I hope that you're able to spend time with your loved ones and that you take time for gratitude. I encourage you to keep up with your five things that you're grateful for every morning and do the challenge with me this month and take some time out for reflection in January. More than anything else, I do this so that you will know you are not alone. You can come here anytime you need listen to my voice, change the narrative that's going on in your own head, and know you are not alone.